Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we've been for the last few weeks looking at the subject of listening for God. And really, the whole premise of this series is that, you know, there's, there's something missing in our lives, and that something missing can only be filled by the Lord himself. But yet we try to find other ways of filling it in our lives. But, you know, have you ever tried to fill that emptiness in your life only to feel even more empty? Because it, whatever it is that you're trying to fill it with other than God can't satisfy you. So we've, we've been kind of progressing through this series, trying to examine one issue after another, trying to, to get us to the place where we can have a meaningful relationship with God and we can hear from him. The last time we looked at this, we talked about the importance of praying and making it personal. So maybe because of the message the last time, you were like, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to the Lord. I'm going to interact with him. But the reality is, is that As you've been praying, you face a wall of silence. You've been there? You don't like it, do you? I I don't like it. It's like when you pray, there's ice. You know what I'm saying? You ever been in a relationship? Relationship's not where it should be, and it's like you're getting ice from the other person. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I want this relationship with the Lord, but there's... This silence, there's this wall of silence. What can we do about it? Well, let me give you a couple thoughts here. We want to interact with God, but we struggle with the silence. We want to interact with God, but we struggle with the silence. So here's what happens. You you want to pray, you want to have that relationship. You maybe been listening over the last few weeks and saying, yeah, George, I recognize That emptiness in my life is a need for Jesus, a need for God's presence, the Holy Spirit's presence to be very real in my life. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do what I'm I'm doing. I've been listening, George. I've been re-listening, you know, during the week, maybe with the app or on the website or, and, and, and I, I'm praying, but all I get is silence. And it's like the silence is deafening, isn't it? Sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. You get overwhelmed by the fact that he's not speaking. What do we do? He's not speaking. And we struggle hard with that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I want to interact with you, Lord, but how do I interact when you're not interacting with me? We want to interact with God, but we, we struggle with the silence. Now, but here's what I want you to understand. The silence often reveals a problem within us. The silence often reveals a problem within us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes, and it's not true all the time, but for most of the time, I would say that when you face a wall of silence with God, there's usually a problem in your relationship with him. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? There's, there's usually some issue that's going on there that's creating the silence with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Think about it for a moment 
when, when you're in a human relationship with somebody, maybe it's a marriage relationship or a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship or even some kind of interaction with, with, your, with, your, with, with, a, with a member of your family, sometimes it's because maybe something happened. Maybe something was done. And it, and it created a problem. I remember when, when Lori and I first got married, her, her grandpa Neil was uh, alive then, and we would interact, and, and there's some funny stories of me fishing with her grandpa Neil and falling in the creek and him making me ride in the back of the truck in May back to the house because he didn't want me dirtying up the front of his truck. But I remember one time Neil came to me and said, you know, I was mad at you. And I said really? Yeah, did you notice I haven't talked to you in two months? And I said, no, I didn't notice that, Neil. And that only made him more angry. So, but, you know, the reality is, I'll just be honest with you, sometimes the silence in our relationship with God is because there's a problem. And here's the thing I want you to understand. You don't have to sit around all day wondering, what is it? What is the problem? I don't want the silence. You know what the problem is. You don't have to sit there and figure it out. You know what the problem is because God lets you know. So it really isn't silence, is it? Because he'll come to you and say, there's this issue. There's this attitude. There's this action. There's this something you've been doing. There's this problem. Do you know what I'm saying? And you know, okay, Lord, we got to deal with this first before we can hear. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, what, what the problem is, is that the way we are today, especially in North American Christianity, is we want to be able to just keep doing our stuff and have a wonderful relationship with Jesus, but keep doing our stuff. And like, it doesn't bother him. Folks, it does bother him. It put Jesus on the cross. You think that would bother you? So we've got this silence. So what do we do about it, George? Well, that's why I brought you to 1 John. We're going to look today at the first chapter and the first two verses of chapter 2 to kind of get our focus back where we need to be about trying to reconcile. What do you mean reconcile? Well, reconciliation is a concept of two people who are at odds working it out. So we're going to talk about reconciling with God in our relationship with him. So let, let's, let's read this together. 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message we have heard from him. And declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. My little children, These things I write to you that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is our propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to to take this passage and, and really divide it up into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, the issue of Jesus Christ. He's going to, John's going to talk about Jesus Christ for a moment. We're going to see a couple things there. Then we're, we're going to talk from there, talking about making it right. Making it right. Actually, before that, we're going to talk about being honest, and then we're going to talk about making it right. We're going to talk about being honest with ourselves, because let's be honest, we can be, we can think we're a whole lot better than we really are. Do you know what I mean? We can think we're a whole lot better than we really are. So let's look at this together. First of all, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ. And really what we're going to talk about is the relationship again. We're going to talk about what's available to you and I so that we grasp that. So look with me. We're going to look at a couple things here. Look at what he says, verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, And the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we've seen and have heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. A couple things I want you to see about this issue of Jesus. First of all, the Scripture testifies that Jesus Christ is real. He's real. John's writing this because he's writing primarily a group of Greek believers now, but they were wrestling with a, with, a, with a heresy that was trying to say that Jesus wasn't physically real or that Jesus isn't a real, he's a nice concept, a myth or whatever. And, and, and the reality was is John comes along and says, we've seen him, we've touched him. We've been in his presence. He's alive. He's real. And there's life in him. Jesus Christ is real. First thing you've got to grasp, if you're going to talk about making it right with God and, and breaking that wall of silence between you and he, you've got to grasp the reality that Jesus Christ is real. Real. And he wants to have a relationship with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, our concept sometimes is like, you know, I, you know, I travel sometimes around the world and I, I remember just a few summers ago being with my son Foster at, at the Golden Pagoda in, in Yangon or Rangoon, Myanmar or Burma as it used to be called. And Foster and I, it had just rained and uh, we had to, when you go into their, the Buddhists, when you go into the pagoda, you got to take your shoes off. And I didn't really want to do that. Because I'm a big guy, and it just rained, and it's all ceramic tile throughout this whole temple. 
And I'm thinking, I'm going to bite it here in a minute. I'm going to slip and bite it. Thankfully for us Westerners, they put this uh, green thing down that you could walk on. And believe me, I was walking on that baby. But as I'm going around, I'm seeing people offering incense. I'm seeing people pouring water on idols. and, And they're hoping that somebody's listening to them. Because what they were offering incense to or pouring idols on was something distant to them. That's not the concept we have in Christianity. Jesus Christ is not distant. He wants to have a relationship. You don't need to worry about that. You don't need to wonder. Even when you're in the midst of the wall of silence where you seem like God's not talking to you, you don't have to wonder if he cares about you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's real. But here's the second thing I want you to see from this passage that fits with what we're talking about here. The relationship with Jesus brings intimacy and joy. Look at what he says there. Verse 3, he says, We declare to you that you also may have fellowship. That's talking about an intimate relationship. That you may have an intimate relationship with us as we have a relationship, as we have fellowship with God the Father and his son Jesus Christ. And then notice for these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Here's, you know, I'm starting to realize this in my own personal walk with Jesus. Do you know what brings joy to me? True joy? Yeah, there's joy in watching my kids. There's joy in seeing them experiencing the things and watching God do things in their lives. But true joy these days for me is interacting with Jesus and him responding back. Him showing you that he loves you, that he cares. That's what we want, right? And I'm not talking happiness. Don't talk to me about happiness because I could be happy one morning and the next morning I'm not happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking. Joy and happiness are the, not the same things here. Joy is, is really the state of being of, of, of what comes from that relationship with God. And he's real and he wants to have that happen. Okay, so why are you talking about that, George? Because all I'm, I'm sensing in my life is this wall of silence because I want that intimacy. I want that joy. Well, that's where he goes on verses 5 through 10 and says we need to be honest. You and I need to be honest. Because here's the problem. The problem is we want Jesus but we want everything else too. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the problem. We want Jesus And we want everything else, too. So sometimes we're not honest with ourselves. And so I just want to point out a couple things here. Look look with me. Verse 5. This message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Here's what I want you to see. First thing, we lie to ourselves about the problem with our sin. We lie to ourselves. Oh, and it's subtle, subtle lies. You know, like, oh, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but Jesus forgives. And yes, he does forgives, but 
we make excuses. I know I shouldn't have that attitude, and but we continue on. We make excuses for us. Well, you know, I know I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be angry at that person, but if he didn't or she didn't stop doing this, I knew I was going to be this way. You're blame shifting. You're lying to yourself. And 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 we we get to the place where we lie to ourselves and we, we think it's okay. We lie to ourselves about our problem. But 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 John's very clear, you know, God is light and there is no darkness in him, and, and he wants light to be in our relationship. But if we we say we're walking with him, but yet we're continuing and all this other stuff, we're just deceiving ourselves. You're just deceiving yourselves about where you're really at. You can't hang on to the stuff that you shouldn't be hanging on to. Do you understand what I'm saying? And let me just stop for a moment. I am not going to list to you the stuff that you might be hanging on to because here's the reality. I've got so many different people here today. I'm already going to tell you the stuff that you're dealing with might be different than most of the people here because it's the stuff you're hanging on to. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's best for me to be generic in general because it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you right now saying, it's this issue in your life. You know it is. And you're lying to yourself. It's time for us to be honest. He goes on. Look, look with me. He goes on and he says, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We deceive ourselves about our relationship with God. Oh, he loves me. I love Jesus. But yet, when you pray, there's this wall of silence. You get uncomfortable if somebody says to you, well, what's he been saying to you lately? Uh, how's he answered prayer lately? Uh, and you, and you talk about something that happened 20 years ago. Or something that happened in your grandma's life. Or you even share about something you heard in, in, in church that happened in somebody else's life, but you're trying to deflect it away from you. You ever done that kind of thing? Or am I the only one that does that? I think we're, we're not honest with ourselves, are we? we? We deceive ourselves about our relationship with God. And so can, can I ask you a question? Is there any wonder that there's a wall of silence there? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, bring it down. If you can't grasp it on the God-you relationship level, grasp it on human relationships that you've had in your life. Like, when's the last time you were on the outs with your honey? Do you think about that for a moment? When was the last time you were on the outs with your honey or your sweetie? And until you got honest about it and dealt with it, things, things were like, it's an iceberg, right? No, George, that's never the way it is. Think about it for a moment, okay? Until the issue got dealt with, until you were honest with yourself, there was no relationship. You were lying to yourself. So what do we do about it? Well, here, here's what I want you to see. It's a wonderful thing about the Bible. The Bible just doesn't tell us what the problem is in our lives. 
The Bible tells us what we can do about it. That's what's wonderful, because God doesn't want there to be this wall of silence between you and him, between myself and him. God wants to have that interaction in our lives. So here's what I want you to see. Look with me. We're going to look at just a, look at a couple verses here, four verses actually. Look with me. First of all, verse 7, chapter 1. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look with me at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Propitiation, big Bible word, means atoning sacrifice or, or satisfying God's wrath. Okay? Here's what I want you to see. Two things here. We, Jesus has done everything that is needed for reconciliation. Jesus has done everything that is needed for reconciliation. Okay, so listen to me. You, you, you know there's some issue in your life. And it's creating this wall, this barrier between you and God and your relationship with him. And you know that you need that relationship with him to satisfy the emptiness in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know that, and, and, and yet you know what the issue is. So how do you deal with the issue? Well, the first thing you've got to deal with and recognize is this, that he's done everything that's needed for you and him to be right with each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's already taken care of that through Jesus on the cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus paid the penalty. Like this week, I was talking to the Lord and I was wrestling with some things in my life and, and I was saying to him, Lord, how, how do I know? How do I know? I know that this is an area that's got to change in my life. I need you, Lord. How do I, how do I deal with this? And at 2 o'clock in the morning, it was a restless night of sleep. 2 o'clock in the morning, one word popped into my mind. Forgiven. Here's the thing. When you irritate God and anger God, It's not like a human relationship where if I, if I let, let's just say, you know, there's Bruce. Let's say Bruce and I have a falling out. I do something that really royally ticks Bruce off. Bruce says, I wash my hands of George. I'm done. Now, what are the chances of Bruce and I making up with each other? Anybody got a clue? Nobody has a clue, right? Because it might happen. Chances are it what? Won't happen. Why? Because we're human beings. We've got pride. We've got, we've got all kinds of other issues. That may not happen. And so you don't really know. And some of you know right now. There's, in your life you have relationships that disintegrated, that disappeared. And you hope that they, maybe they could come back together. But here it is many years later and they still haven't come back together. That's human relationships. But this is not a human relationship we're talking about. This is a relationship with a living God. And here's the thing. He already did everything to make sure that you and he could come back together. 
Isn't that awesome? Jesus has done everything. Look, look again with me at these verses. Verse 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship, we have intimacy with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Both verses say the same words. What? Cleanse. What does that mean? Removing. Removing the problem. Removing the issue. He's done it. Jesus has done everything that we need to do to have that relationship. He's done everything so that that wall of silence would disappear. Isn't that awesome? Here's the second thing what you see about making it right. We have to make the effort to live in his forgiveness. We have to make the effort to live in his forgiveness. What are you talking about, George? He's already done everything. No, but there's something that's required of you. Something that's required of you. What? Number one, verse nine, if we what? Confess our sins. Here's what it's going to take. All right. If you're sensing this silence in your life right now, think about it with me. There's this wall of silence. You don't see God's hand in your life. You're praying, just this wall of silence. But as you think about that, why is that happening? Why is that? God's bringing to mind an issue. Okay, so you got that issue in your mind. Okay, here's, here's what the effort is, has to be on your part. Verse 9. You confess it. What does that mean? All right, you ready? You swallow your pride and admit it. Do you hear what I'm saying? You swallow your pride. And you admit to God, yes, I did what you saw me do. Yes, I did what's irritating you. Yes, I did what's hurting you. You swallow your pride. See, confession only happens when you and I swallow our what? Pride. Do you understand what I'm saying? You gotta make the effort. So the first thing I do is I gotta, I gotta swallow my pride and admit it. Be honest with God about my stuff. Here's the second thing he tells us. It's in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, I write unto you that you what? Sin not. Here's the second thing. You not only have to be honest, swallow your pride and be honest. Second thing there is, listen to me, you got to stop. Stop it. Because for a lot of us, we're living in the confession life. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, but you keep doing it. God's telling us, stop it. But here's the thing. You and I know that we're going to what? Fail. But that's okay. We have an advocate. Jesus. So what's the, what's the purpose there? You stop it, but if you fail, it's okay. Jesus is there for you. But you keep on stopping. Do you understand what I'm saying? You keep trying. You keep going after it. See, here's the thing. That silence doesn't have to be there. If we would just be honest and deal with it. And he gives you the effort and the strength to deal with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what's so awesome. Here's the thing, folks. There may be a wall of silence. 
but you can tear it down. The question is, are you willing to do what it takes to tear it down? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.